0: game day is underway, this is the Stop Kickoff Show, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors. Live from Tailgaters Parking, here are your hosts, Hayes Carline and Mia O'Brien.
1: Good morning, Duval! Cool, Chris. 46 degrees here at Tailgators Parking. And of course, our good friends at Growlers Bar and Grill hosting the Wingstop kickoff show here just outside of TIA Bank Field. Again, 46 degrees, at least according to my phone. And Hayes Carlion, ever the warrior, has short sleeves on.
2: Let's go. It's time uh enough uh screwing around here uh it's time to take down a good team in the dallas cowboys and uh we'll see if the jaguars can get it done but yeah the sun's starting to peak out a little bit so hopefully uh it'll warm up a little bit i've got uh, my son jackson asking me for fantasy football advice buddy you're gonna have to wait Uh, give me 10 minutes and i will tell you all about t higgins and juju smith schuster but uh as we go along here it is uh it is going to be an outstanding day here and uh, you can feel it. Mia, you were saying a lot of the the diehards are already out here, and, and that's fantastic. And it's going to be a sellout crowd. We haven't had that in, in quite some time. So it should be an unbelievable environment and a, a, a potentially great day for the Jaguars, also potentially a devastating day if you don't get it done today and the Chargers uh, you know, don't come through for you, which I think certainly is – a possibility uh, they're favored over the Titans but yeah this is uh, this is what you want it's uh, it's a meaningful Sunday in December here in Jacksonville should be a lot of fun
1: kickoff set for 1 p.m. between the Jaguars and the Cowboys expected to be the coldest Temperature outside for a kickoff since that fabled win over the Seattle Seahawks back in 2017, that magical win. Uh, That was a 4.30 kick, though, Hayes. we are got a 1 o'clock kickoff here, but, again, the sun is starting to make its way through the clouds, and so hopefully that will warm up the good folks of Duval. Although, as I joked to some of our good friends from Growler's Bar and Grill watching that Bills-Dolphins game last night, those folks are literally out there in 20-degree wind chill, and they do not have shirts on. So I'm not really sure we have room to uh, complain here in beautiful northeast florida but it is the jaguars and the cowboys this afternoon can the jaguars snap yet another streak they have not defeated an nfc opponent since the opener of the 2018 season they will have another chance to do that against the new york football giants excuse me excuse me they had they they did that against the new york football giants back in 2018 they will have an opportunity to do that hayes here this afternoon which of course they obviously were able to defeat and end a lot of other streaks so far this year. Obviously, last week against the hated Titans, they snapped a nine-year streak of not winning in Nashville. They earlier this season snapped the streak of not winning in the state of California outside of the Oakland Coliseum. And so can they snap another one here today against the Cowboys, who for all intents and purposes are already pretty much locked up and in the playoff picture? And
2: that's the, that's the really critical part, I think, today for Dallas is what's the – Level of of motivation. They they didn't play well last week against Houston, so you would think uh, in a in a victory they did win the game. But uh, you would think that they're going to come in here, you know, with that chip on their shoulder of you know we need to get back on track and we can't be satisfied with what what we put out there last week. But they're two games back of the Eagles. I just I I guess they've got to have the mentality of they still have a chance to catch them. They still play them next week. you know, it, you don't see a lot of look ahead in the NFL. These, uh, particularly when it's a, uh, you know, these divisional teams, they know each other so well. Dallas doesn't need two weeks to get ready for the Eagles. So, uh, I'm I'm curious to see, you know, what what kind of team Dallas brings here today. I I think it'll be a, a motivated team, but I don't think you can discount, I uh, you know, the the human factor of hey, we didn't play well last week, we still won. We're going on the road. It's it's Jacksonville. You know, they're they're three games under 500. Uh, We've got a huge game next week, so we'll see. Uh, I'm very curious to see. I think it's a challenge for for the Cowboys, but uh, for the Jaguars, should be no challenge, and and Doug Peterson sort of laid that out this week, and you know they're they're playing for their lives, and they are. I mean, again, if if the Jaguars lose today and the Titans beat the Chargers, it's basically over. I mean, the, the, the improbable run to the AFC South title really starts to get bleak finding a path
1: the Jaguars coming off a 36-22 win over those Tennessee Titans from a week ago and yes the Texans almost defeated these Cowboys 27-23 the final though thanks to a 99-yard touchdown by Dallas with under 4 minutes remaining in the ball game it should be noted though Hayes and of course <clears throat> excuse me we're with you with you until 10 a.m. right here on 1010 XL 92.5 FM it should be noted Hayes Dak Prescott threw his second red zone interception of that ball game that opened the door for Houston to potentially pull off the upset of the year in Dallas at Jerry's World last week. So as much as we're looking at last week's result and saying the Cowboys are coming in at least riding somewhat of a high because of that dramatic victory, it didn't look so hot in the waning minutes of the fourth quarter for a while there, and their quarterback has come into question throughout the course of this season since returning from an early injury. And the opener.
2: Yeah, Dak Prescott's numbers aren't great. Dallas did a really nice job of, of playing with Cooper Rush when Dak was out. And, you know, you look at Dak's numbers, 14 touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's just not very good in this day and age in football. You know, Troy Aikman might have taken that in, you know, 1992 with the way the game was played. But it's just not it, it's not adequate now uh, if you're going to consider yourself an elite franchise quarterback. So uh, he isn't playing great. I still really think Dallas has a lot of attractive matchups in this game as uh, we look to uh, Cowboys versus Jaguars. But, yeah, there's, there's no doubt the Jaguars have the, the better quarterback in terms of what is happening right now. I mean, we're not talking about career achievement. We're talking about over the last few weeks who is playing better, Trevor Lawrence or Dak Prescott, and it's not close. Uh, and that's not even a knock on Dak Prescott. There aren't very many quarterbacks in the league that are playing at the level Trevor Lawrence has been playing at. And and that really becomes the key uh, in terms of this AFC South race. Yes, you're behind the Titans by two games, uh, but you've got the best player in, in terms of Trevor Lawrence. And that's just what he is right now. That may not continue, but right now, Trevor Lawrence is the primo nuclear weapon in the AFC South, and that gives you a chance. And so today – It's an incredibly exciting day. Look, you got a short week. This is Operation Two Wins in Five Days, and uh, you've got to lock in today, and if they can get the first one, boy, they'd have a lot of momentum going into that Thursday night game in New York against the Jets.
1: Hayes, you were in Nashville last week for that 36-22 win for the Big Cats. By all intents and purposes, from what I've heard from you just now and heard from you throughout the week, that was not a flash in the pan. That is now, if you take out the Lions game, which in reality, Trevor Lawrence didn't have enough possessions and wasn't 100% to perform at a top-notch level, that's now back-to-back performances for him of elite caliber. So my question for you is, he, he has now surpassed the threshold. He, he is there. He is in the top ten of quarterbacks in the National Football League by your measure, measurements. I, I
2: think so. I mean, you'd look at the season numbers, which would put him pretty close. He's 11th in rating at 95.4. He's tied for 10th in touchdown passes with 20, and he's 9th in yardage, 3,202. Mm-hmm so the numbers would tell you he's right around the top 10 quarterback but I think when you look at uh, especially when you compare him to some of the guys that are ahead of him I mean in 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 those categories I think you would take what Trevor Lawrence has done and how particularly how he is playing now uh and and run with it so yeah he's to me he's absolutely he's a top 10 quarterback in the league and I think the way he's playing right now he's top five and again he he does come across as a kid that has figured it out over these last few weeks that there's been whatever light that needed to turn on if it was the Denver pick you know whatever moment in his career whatever crossroads he had to go through it seems like he's he's gotten beyond it and is the better player for it and again nobody's perfect in this league you know he's going to have more days where you know it's it's not his best but he's also going to have moments if he's an elite player where he gets in the zone and he'll be in the zone for two months. And that's what you hope. You hope that he's about, uh, you know, just getting into maybe halfway through this and has another four or five weeks of of outstanding football ahead of him.
1: So what I'm curious to see is, you know, that's, that's the Dak versus Trevor storyline. And I think at, at least if we're looking at the numbers, it favors Trevor at this juncture, but I'm curious to see, especially here today, The Dallas running back attack of the two-headed monster of Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott versus a Jaguars run game that carried them during those trying moments for Trevor Lawrence throughout the course of this season, but really has not performed up to par the last few weeks. Last week against the Texans, the Cowboys team of Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, uh, 62 yards for Zeke Elliott and a touchdown touchdown. 42 yards on 10 carries for Pollard. He also had a touchdown. But on the flip side, they allowed 114 rushing yards to the Houston Texans, 78 of those to one Damian Pierce, uh, and then also 36 to one Jeff Driscoll. So a good day for the uh, Florida Texans out there uh, at Jerry's World. Could
2: have used him yesterday.
1: But that is an area, and we're going to talk with Coach Dave Campo, our head coach, of course, on XL Primetime and here at 1010XL, the former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys coming up in a little bit. Coach Campo has continued to tell us throughout the week, Hayes, and the various Cowboy guests we've brought on have reiterated it, if there is an area that the Jaguars can exploit for the Texans, it's the interior of their defensive line, but they need to be able to get that running game going, and it's been questioned whether or not Travis Etienne can really be effective between the tackles and if the Jaguars have a running back that can really ground and pound you.
2: Yeah, it's a great point, Mia. And and again, you know, Doug Peterson very adamant about that this week. I I thought that was interesting because he sort of de emphasized the importance of the ground game, you know, particularly earlier in the year. But what did you take away from that? Because he laid it out on the line this week and said, we need 120, 130 on the ground.
1: Right, exactly. And I think it's because he recognizes that the secondary for the Cowboys, well, yes, it isn't you know, 100% healthy right now. They still have Trayvon Diggs. Uh, they still have Michael Parsons who can drop back into coverage, and so maybe that takes away your security blanket of Evan Ingram coming off a career day one week ago. And so that's what I think Doug is recognizing. As much as he wants this Jaguars offense to be a pass-first offense against certain teams, especially when you know that their weakness on defense is the run game, You have to have that mismatch, and they do, because Travis Etienne is a mismatch. What I've found so fascinating over the last few weeks, and I've talked to Travis about it, is the ability that teams have had to now take away the perimeter, which is obviously his strength. Um, What I find interesting about it is listening to the sounds of the game from Jaguars.com, knowing that Derrick Henry, the Titans running back, is in between the tackles, Bowling ball coming up the middle. But listening to the Jaguars' defense saying, We need to take away the perimeter from him. He wants to go outside. We know that's what Travis Etienne wants to do. The fact that they acknowledged and noticed that with Derrick Henry says to me, Everyone in the National Football League knows Travis Etienne wants to get out there. Just do you have the horses to stop him? And so, uh, you know, I, I think the Ravens did. Their linebacking core is elite. The Titans did not. Uh, they had a bunch of for lack of a better term, a bunch of uh, walk-on fringe guys uh, who later uh, tweeted through it um, about getting stiff-armed by Trevor Lawrence playing linebacker last week. But they, too, were able to hold Travis Etienne to under 40 yards on the day. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they get this run game going. Obviously, the offensive line is is a critical piece to that. And for as much as they lead the National Football League with six games not allowing a sack this season, at times over the last four weeks, Hayes, in terms of the run-blocking scheme, I think it's been there. It's just a matter of why is it not clicking like it was those three games back to back to back in which Travis Etienne went for over a hundred yards.
2: Yeah, and I think it will today. I think Etienne's going to have a big day. Uh, like you said, he's due, and and I think he's going to get going. Uh, so I'm I'm really intrigued to see uh, what he can do today because this really I think has the opportunity to be Etienne's game. And uh, I tell you what, we got uh we got some activity here. We got some Jaguar flags coming in. All
3: right, it's starting to
2: pop and. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, what a game! Tons of storylines. Uh, we're going to continue to dive into it, but uh, it's starting to starting to pep up here at tailgaters.
1: I like what you say. A lot of Jaguars flash. That's right. Since I had people all week asking me, "Well, you think it's going to be more Cowboy fans or Jaguar fans?" Look, the Cowboy fans they bought their allotment. They bought those folks that sold their tickets earlier in the season. But I know dozens of people that were scrambling this week to get those single ticket. Entry the single seat tickets, 125 bucks. Now we got standing room only sections at the bank, 125 bucks a pop. People are paying it because they want to see what potentially could be the biggest game that the Jaguars have had since
2: 2018. I mean, it'll be since the New England game in 2018. So you're talking about four years and change. uh, In so it has been a while. And again, you get a sense too. Do you feel this? You get a sense that. The fan base believes they're going to overtake the Titans. That, that, that it's going to come down to week 18 here, and that the Jaguars are going to sweep the Titans, and Trevor's going to be great and send the Titans home, and the Jaguars are going to be hosting a playoff game. I mean, that, and I got I to be honest, I kind of feel that way. I'm worried about the Chargers because anytime you need to rely on the Chargers, they let you down. But from, again, we talk matchups from a matchup standpoint, there should be a lot they love against the Titans. I mean, they should watch the film, the Jaguar film. And I mean, salivate over the potential of what Justin Herbert and those weapons can do to the Titans. So, I, you know, not only Justin
1: Herbert, did you see that Titans offensive line last week? Yeah, they're saying statistically could be one of the worst offensive lines that has ever stepped foot on an NFL field.
2: It looked it. I mean, I, I was shocked at how poor the Titans looked. I thought the Titans would win. I picked the Titans and was shocked. At how far uh, they have fallen off uh, since the last time we saw them in person. So, uh, anyway, it could be a, a huge day and, and a huge month for the Jaguars, and you know, we're, we're certainly thrilled to be able to document it.
1: Absolutely, and not to mention, Hayes, there's a lot of folks, especially over at 1010XL headquarters that I co-host a, a daily show with that believe the Titans, regardless of what the Jaguars do, if that team that was on the field at Nissan Stadium last week, if that Titans team is who we see the next three weeks, they could lose out. The Jaguars could afford to lose a game if they win the other two, and that Sunday, January 8th, still means everything for this Jaguars team. But, of course, first they must take care of business here on this fine Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. We are live from Tailgaters Parking, Growler's Bar and Grill. We are with you till 10 a.m., Duval. We're going to say hello to the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars, Frank Frangie, coming up next on the Wingstop Kickoff Show, brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. I'm waiting for the lyrics. Are there lyrics coming? Producer Casey, back at 1010XL headquarters, the Riddler. Uh, are we, are we going to get to some lyrics? Is that is that part of the riddle, or is this uh, we got to feel the music haze? What do we think it is?
2: Casey, what you got for us? So we getting uh, is it, It's an instrumental only clue, huh?
1: Nope. Nope, nope, Casey doesn't want, oh, the Riddler doesn't want to speak
2: The Riddler is Riddler.
1: The Riddler is, Riddler, silent. The Riddler is so, silent No, oh, there, there he is.
4: is lyrics in this particular song But okay. uh, I just don't think you guys are ready for that hardcore like I love yeah. So yeah. Uh, I just gave you guys that beautiful guitar solo, okay? Okay
1: Okay. All right. right. We'll uh, we'll
2: keep working on the riddle.
4: Yeah, Yeah, we'll keep working
1: on the riddle as we do every uh, Sunday for the Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Home and Clearwater Irrigation. Here we are live from beautiful Tailgaters Parking, Growler's Bar and Grill. Uh, Hayes, we compare every Sunday the amount of tailgaters that are here at 830 versus 930 versus 1030. I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed with how many Jaguar fans have already rolled into Tailgaters Parking so far.
2: The Dallas Cowboys aren't just going to show up in Jacksonville and push this fan base around. It's not going to happen. And so the, uh, the, the Jaguars have, uh, have responded in, uh, in great form so far here at Tailgaters, and I would expect nothing less.
1: I know no one is more excited to hear that than our next guest. No. <laughs>
0: Another interview on the Farrah & Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah & Farrah.
1: Duval Zone, the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars Frank Frangi here lifelong Jacksonvilleian. Frank how big is this one between the big cats and the cowboys we'll keep it plain and simple to start right here on the fair and Fairphone phone line
5: you kidding me I've been tailgating in the I'm in my driveway Mia you kidding me we're all tailgating I've had mimosas bloodies I've been tailgating since about 5 a.m. so uh, of course it's gigantic around here good morning to you and Hayes and uh, uh yeah I think it's uh uh, the biggest regular season game around here, certainly the one with the most energy since, uh, I think we've all said it, since that New England game in 2018. We haven't had one feel like this. Um, there's all the talk about how it sold out and standing room only because of the Cowboys fans. I don't think that. The Giants fans came in, in volume. The Ravens fans, the Niner fans last year. But those games didn't sell out. This one sold out because I think after the opponents bought a ticket, that there'll be a lot of Cowboys there today. I think the Jags went back. Jags fans went back and bought the rest of the tickets. So, uh, uh, me, I think it's going to be crazy, and I can't wait. I can't wait to get down to the ballpark
2: tonight. Frank, there's so many storylines, so many matchups. What's the one that you gravitate the most towards in terms of what's going to determine the outcome today?
5: I think somehow, some way, you can't let Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott control the game. And hey, you're right. There's a lot of them, aren't right? there. There's a lot of subplots here and a lot of storylines. But if they can somehow the Jags have been pretty good at stopping the run. That's been, uh, of a defense, it's been shaky. That's been the best part about that defense. And if they somehow can make Dak Prescott throw off schedule, that, to me, is how they'll win the game. I think I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be okay. I know they really rush the passer. Uh, I mean, think about this. The Jaguar stack leader, Dewan Smooth, got five. The Cowboys have four guys with that many or more. So the Cowboys get after the passer. But I will tell you, and I know everyone says the Jags have to run the ball a lot. My gut tells me they're not going to run it a lot. The Jags, I think, are a pass-first team. I think that's who they've evolved into for whatever reason. I think they're a better passing team than running team, despite that handful of games that Travis Etienne had earlier in the season together. So in my mind, the Jags are going to have to throw it a little bit. The key is, can they make the Cowboys throw the ball Hayes haze when they don't want to throw the football? Dak Prescott's been just okay this year. I think that's the key to the game for Jacksonville.
1: Jaguars won the turnover battle easily against the Tennessee Titans last weekend in Nashville, Frank. Obviously, turnovers can sometimes be an aberration. You can't always guarantee the ball is going to bounce your way. But that's been the common theme in their five victories this year. And obviously, they did win the turnover battle in Kansas City and still didn't come out with the win against an elite team in the Chiefs. So my question is, if you can't manifest those turnovers, does this defense stand a chance against the Cowboys?
5: I think they've got to win the turnover. It's a great question, me. I think they've got to win the turnover battle to win the game. I, I think that to make it as distinct as possible, if the Cowboys win the turnover battle by two, they're going to win the game. If the Jaguars win the turnover battle by two or three, then they're in the game. So I think the Jags have to win the turnover battle. They've been very good at it. And here's the other thing they've got to score after those turnovers. That's what they did last week. Not only did they get the turnovers, but they took advantage of them. They had more points off turnovers last week been in a game they've had in a long long time so it's not just get the takeaways but it's but it's also make it hurt look Dak Prescott's thrown nine interceptions he only played not eight games so he has been careless with the ball and when he's thrown the interceptions to the point i made a moment ago to hayes when he's thrown interceptions it's been third and long third and 12 uh, second and long when they choose to throw the football they are not great at that as good as the dallas cowboys are look there's only five teams in the league with double digit wins and they're one of them so they're very good but they've got some stuff that isn't great. They don't have great receivers. C.D. Lamb's a fantastic receiver. Uh, Dalton Schultz, the tight end, is having a nice season. But there's not much else out there. Now, they ha- they signed T.Y. Hilton. He's not going to factor in this game. So they want to run the football, Mia. You got to get the ball away. from them.
2: And uh, Frank Dalton Schultz has uh, certainly got the potential to to be a, a matchup problem as well. What do you think about the tight ends on both sides today?
5: Yeah, Dalton Schultz has certainly caught. He's got 41 catches. He could he could be a problem. But, but again. That doesn't concern me as much, Hayes, as them running the football. Uh, will Evan Ingram have another big game? Let's hope, right? Here's one thing we figured out. and I talked to Doug Peterson about this this week, I mean specifically about it because it's interesting. The three straight weeks, the different Jaguar receivers had a 100-yard game. Zay Jones had the big game, 145, then 109 for Christian Kirk. He's got a bunch of those. Then last week, the gigantic game for Evan Ingram, uh, 162 yards. So I wondered, do they game plan one guy? Because you've asked me a few times, who's the key guy this week? And we're guessing do they game plan one guy and I and I even asked Doug to take me through that a little bit and he said it doesn't really work like that he said there's there's a first read and a second read and a third read but they're all in there they're all in every game plan and it's on Trevor to figure out which guy has the weakest matchup right which guy has the guy or or the plan to stop him is the least effective and it's Trevor's job to kind of identify that and he's done a great job of it so Hayes, to your question is this the game that's that evan ingram has a big game maybe maybe uh if you ask me i think uh that i see the ball in space a little bit i wouldn't be surprised to see try can e. catch a lot of passes i think he'll be involved in the game i don't think he's going to run the ball as much as people would like but i think both tight ends both teams could use a tight end a lot but it wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised to see the running backs a little bit more active than that i really would
1: a couple more for frank Frangi on the fair and fair phone line let's stay with that run game on the jaguar side of the ball frank do you believe that in terms of in between the tackles in terms of being more of a ground and pound attack that that's what you need against a Cowboys defensive front that perhaps the interior is the deficiency and can the Jaguars match that knowing that Travis Etienne only 32 yards on the ground a week ago and has struggled as has this offensive line in the run game the last few weeks
5: you know what I I do I do believe and agree with what Doug Peterson said that you can't have you got to have more running yards than they had the last few games. I, I, I agree with that. I think, generically speaking, you have to have that. I don't know though that they're built for that right now. I, I don't know that that's how they're built right now. I think the Jaguars have developed into a team with an elite quarterback. I really believe that. I mean, I think I think Trevor's an elite quarterback. I don't know that you have an elite running game yet. So even though the let's say the, let's say the Chiefs were playing the Cowboys, right? Well, the Cowboys' weaknesses run right at them. Well, the Chiefs don't run right at you either. So I think that, I'm not saying the Jaguars are the Chiefs, but I think they're built more that way. I think they're built to run first and then run or I'm sorry, to pass first and then maybe run draw plays or spread plays after that after you've established the pass. So I don't think you run right at the Cowboys. I, I just don't see that today. Maybe it'll happen. I think when that happens too, the teams that really run the ball, I and mean, again we talked about the Cowboys. They have two good backs, two physical backs. They alternate them almost evenly. I just don't think that's where the Jags are. So no, I don't I don't since this is a game where you where they're going to run it a lot, I just you think you'd like to do that? I just Mia, I just don't think that's how the Jags are built right now. I really don't.
2: And if they don't run it a lot, it puts a lot of pressure on uh, Cam Robinson and Juwan Taylor. Frank, how do boy, you feel like they'll hold up against a, a Dallas pass rush that's probably the best in the league? Boy, that's the
5: gigantic thing, and Hayes. I mean, that's the thing is if you got to throw it a lot, can they tee off on you? That's why there's probably going to be some screen passes. That's why there's probably going to be some quick games. Look, I think the Jags' tackles have been pretty good. But I agree with you that the offensively, you asked me what the key to the game was earlier, the key matchup. I think the key matchup, and I still believe, is stopping that Dallas Cowboy run. I think that's the key. But yeah, when the Jaguars have the ball, can Cam Robinson and Juwan Taylor hold up? That That's that's the big thing. Well, they really get after the pass. Micah Parsons is such a good player. You know, some people in the Jaguar building think he might be the best defensive player in the league, but there's other guys with a bunch of sacks, too. So, you know, they get after the passer. Here's another thing, too. You can't get behind these guys. If you get behind them when they know you have to throw, that's a problem. So you have to kind of stay ahead of the the sticks when you have the ball, and you have to stay even on the scoreboard. I think that's a big part of it. No, that's that's a huge thing, is whether or not those offensive tackles can block that Dallas pass rush. I think it's a big, big, big part of the game. You know, one other thing about the game, and I know you guys have talked about this. Mia, you were talking about it when we got there. That There's already more people tailgating, and you can already kind of feel it. I'm real interested in how the energy affects this game. Think about this now. The Cowboys are used to the energy. They they sell out their 100,000-seat stadium or whatever it is every game. Cowboys fans show up when they travel every game. The Jaguars haven't had that. So, A, does it make them nervous? Do they not respond because it's a different setting for them and they're too tight? That's a bad thing. Or, B, do they find another level of energy? Do they get so inspired because they don't get it very often? that it affects positively how they play. Don't you guys think that's a gigantic part of this game is the energy in the stadium and who that affects the most?
1: Absolutely. And it could go either way um, because we do see plenty of Cowboy fans. We know they're going to be there. That's inevitable at this point in time, not just because teams love to hang out here in Northeast Florida and visit TIA bank field, but because it is America's team. Um, It's just the nature of who the Cowboys are, Frank. Um, One -hmm. more for, for, Oh, go ahead.
5: No, let me just and, and, and interrupt you, but let me let me find another thought of what you just said. So, yeah, there's a lot of Cowboys fans there, but the Jaguars have seen that. You know, I mean, the Jaguars played, the Giants looked like it was a Giants home game almost. The Ravens had a lot of fans there. Every time you play the Steelers, it's like that, uh, and every, everybody else plays the Steelers. Remember the 49ers game last year, how, how many fans were there? The Jaguars have seen that, the, and while you're struggling, that happens but they haven't seen their fans match it, Mia. You know what I mean? The Jaguar fans are going to match it this today. There's not going to be any empty seats. When's the last time there was a game there where there's, you say sell out, but you can always look at the pockets In there's pockets. There's no pockets today. So I, I, I think that's my point. It'll be new for the Jaguars. Go
3: ahead.
1: Absolutely. No, just real quick, I was curious your take uh, as we were talking about the pass rush numbers for the Dallas Cowboys. The Jaguars with four sacks one week ago, but of course one of those sacks, a strip sack, came courtesy of Trayvon Walker. He is listed as questionable. We will get to the fair and fair injury report in just a little bit. He indicated to Bridget Condon of the NFL Network, Frank, on Friday that he may give it a go. I mean, this may be a pregame warmup decision even though he barely practiced last week what is your expectations for the pass rush game whether or not uh Trayvon can go
5: yeah first of all let me start with Trayvon man uh, he is such a tough guy and and I believe that what he told Bridget is he's going to really try because he just strikes you one of those guys that it just absolutely crushes him to miss a game I mean that's what a tough guy is and I think he is all of that I'd be surprised if he plays now that's a guess who knows but usually guys with a high ankle sprain me Think about all the guys you've heard about with a high ankle sprain over the years. It's rare to get that and play the next week. So, so if you, my guess is that they're not going to have him. But who knows? He's going to try it. And, and I, and really, I'm guessing he may not even know yet. They may not know. He may not know. But I think that's going to be hard. Um, I don't think they're a good pass rushing team. So I, I, I'd be surprised if there's a if there's a great pass rush. I, I trust defensively. I trust the Jaguars more. Back to the top of the conversation we had. I trust the Jaguars more to find a way to stop the run, to force Dak to throw off, off off schedule, and maybe to get a few picks. I would be surprised if the Jaguar pass rush is a major factor in the game today. Tyron Smith's going to come back. He's going to play today for the Cowboys. I think they'll protect. I'd be a little bit surprised if the Jaguar pass rush is significant. Now, Mia, if it is, well, then, then all bets are off. If they can harass Dak Prescott, then they're probably going to win the game. That's a concern I have, though, to be honest.
2: Frank, how do you feel like Tyson Campbell is playing, and would you just put him on C.D. Lamb all day long?
5: I think I would. Now that's not what they've been doing. Hey, they've been a zone, a zone team doesn't have a guy travel. You know, man-to-man teams have a guy travel, and a zone team typically doesn't do that. And they've evolved into a zone team, so in, uh, the the evidence would suggest they're not going to do that. But I don't love the cowboy receivers. I think C.D. Lamb's having a gigantic. But I mean, you look at everybody else over there. I don't. I don't think there's anybody else that hurts you. This might be. And I'm not smart enough football-wise to know, can you have a guy travel and stay with a guy on that side of the field, even if you're playing some zone? But I would, I, I probably would. What I think you're going to see, though, it, what really worked last week is leaving Darius Williams outside and bringing Trey, Trey Herndon up. Right, He's been down a few games. And having him play nickel, which is what he's played the last few years. Keep everything in front of you. Play a lot of Trey Herndon. I, my guess is you don't see a lot of Dewey this week because I don't think that matches up well with the Cowboys. I could be wrong about that. But I would think you do a lot of what they did last week. Man, oh, man, I'd be, to your question, boy, I'd be tempted. Tyson Campbell's such a good defender, by far the best cornerback on this, by far the best defensive back on this team. And C.D. Lamb is kind of their one guy. I'd be tempted, but my guess is they'll play a lot of zone and won't do that.
1: And Andre Cisco, a full participant each of this week's three practices, and he is expected to be active for the first time in three weeks. All right, Frank, it's worked so, well, it worked so well the last few weeks. I'm going to ask you again, who is the X factor for the Jaguars? Is there an X factor for the Cowboys you would like to spotlight on this wingstop kickoff show?
5: Yeah, you know what? Uh, Hayes hit it earlier. My concern with the Cowboys is Dalton Schultz. Uh, he's a better player than people realize. He's got 41 catches. I don't think the receivers are, are great. I'm afraid that he can wear out the middle of that line. Chad Mumma is going to play, and so, but he, he's more run-stuffing guy, I think, than 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 he is uh, 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 pass coverage guy. So I worry a little bit about Dalton Schultz as one X factor. If you look up and Dalton Schultz has caught a bunch of balls, that would not shock me. As for the Jags X factor, I'm going to go back to the one I got wrong last week, Mia, because I got it wrong and they won the game. So I'm going to stay with it. I still think Christian Kirk's their best player. I, I'd love to see Travis Etienne have a big game. My gut tells me that's not what's going to happen today. You never know whether it's Zay Jones or Evan Ingram, but I still think Christian Kirk is their best player. And I still think when you beat the best teams you have to play, more times than not, your best player is the one that steps up. He hasn't had the gigantic game in a while. He knows that. He's a warm-weather player. It's going to be not warm weather, but it's a, it's a home game. It's going to be a beautiful, clear day. Put me down for 13. Write that right, right down on your paper in front of you, B. Put me down for 13 today. I think he's a key factor for Jackson.
1: There it is, and there he goes. Frank Frangi joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line. Appreciate it, Frank, and have a great call here this afternoon.
5: Okay, see you guys shortly.
1: Frank Frangi, Jeff Loggeman, Tony Baselli, Bucky Brooks, all on the call for Jaguars, Cowboys right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM coming up at 1 p.m. Yeah, I hadn't even touched on Trayvon Hayes until I thought about it. I was about to ask Frank about the pass rush, and I went, oh, that's right. That's, that's kind of a key component to this defense, and will he actually be playing?
2: It'd be great to have him, but I'd be surprised. Um, you know, it's it's a difficult ask for a rookie to to be playing zero practice, um, playing on this kind of an injury. You'd love to have him. I would be really surprised if Trayvon is active today. Um, but it's it'd be the stuff of legends if he can give it a go and he's able to contribute. Uh, but you know, again, Arden Key, Dewan Smoot, they've done some good things this year. Uh, hopefully, if if Trayvon is active those guys will be able to step up.
1: We'll take a look at the rest of the fair and fair injury report. Coming up next, you are listening to the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Starting your game day, the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented
0: by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors. Live from Tailgaters Parking on 1010XL.
1: So at least we got lyrics yeah. so we can play with. There was something about boys and girls. And love. So I'm so. wondering if uh, producer Casey Dobson, the Riddler, is uh, making a reference to the Cowboys, Cowgirls. Uh, yeah. ma- maybe that's Maybe that's part of the riddle.
2: Maybe Casey thinks that the Jaguars are going to win today and there's going to be a lot of babies conceived in Jacksonville tonight. I don't know. We'll see. You
1: guys <laughs> hey, listen, might be
2: overthinking
4: it a little bit, but I like where your head's at.
1: Love is all around us. There's Cowboys fans and Jaguar fans that I see under one – uh, Jaguar tents in particular that are living in perfect harmony. Uh, they won't be at 1 o'clock today when the Jaguars do host the Dallas Cowboys here at TIAA Bankfield. We are coming at you live from right outside there at Tailgaters Parking and Growler's Bar. And Grill. we're going to say hello to our friends from Brackish coming up in just a little bit. But before we get to all the fun and the Duval donkeys of the world, uh, let's first hit the Farrah and Farrah injury report. The
0: personal injury attorneys of Farrah and Farrah present this injury update. Farrah and Farrah. Jacksonville. Protecting you and your family since 1979.
1: Hey, as it goes without saying, this is the most loaded injury report we have seen from the Jacksonville Jaguars all season long. They have six players listed as questionable for this game, although five of them did practice and were limited on Friday. Those five players, quarterback Trevor Lawrence still struggling with that toe injury. Darius Williams and Brandon Scherf both with abdomen injuries, which I found fascinating. Chad Muma, who did not play one week ago, still working his way back from the ankle injury. And then Andrew Wingard, who... I, I think his shoulder popped out. I never actually confirmed that from the looks of it last week against the Titans, Hayes. He did reenter the game, but he was limited throughout the week with that shoulder injury. And then, of course, the one player that did not practice all week but still is listed as questionable for this game is number one overall pick from this past April's NFL draft, Trayvon Walker.
2: Yeah, it's uh, It's a loaded report. I would think you're obviously you're going to see Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think Sheriff Muma are, be, will be active. Um, I think... I think Trayvon is probably inactive, and I I do I think Frank brings up a good point about Wingard. He's playing out of his mind, uh, and and again that interception he had last week that's a tough play because you're not expecting that ball to be on you that quick. I mean and he the, the, read it all the way, read it all the way. The receiver obviously you know there was a miscommunication with the receiver and Tannehill, but to secure that catch there's not a lot of DBs in the league that uh, I think can make that play. I think that would have been a, a drop for a lot of defensive backs. So a big play for, for Andrew Wingard. But I do wonder with the shoulder and with the matchup, if uh, if he's inactive today, we'll see. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, hopefully of the guys that are questionable, they'll have the vast majority of them. And, uh, you know, again, Trevor Lawrence, what, what can you say? I mean, what he was able to do last week, you know, not really practicing at all until, you know, late in the week and then having that kind of performance – I, I mean just unbelievable and if they've got Trevor Lawrence they've got a chance against anybody with the way he's playing right now
1: that matchup with Andrew Wingard I've been thinking about a lot all week because yes I agree he doesn't match up athletically with a lot of the playmakers on the Dallas offense but at the same time we saw him using that three safety look to stop the run against the Ravens so heavily three weeks ago and so or two weeks ago or three weeks ago yes uh, at the end of November November 27th so my question Hayes is whether or not maybe we will see some of that three safety look, knowing that Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, yeah, they're going to run the ball.
2: I, I love that look. I mean, I, I think it plays to the Jaguar strengths when they're able to go to it. And, again, the you make a good point. The matchup dictates that. Uh, you're going to have Cisco back, so that's a boost. Um, and so, yeah, if, if Wingard is able to go, if he's active, then, you know, you would like to see that package out there because – again Zeke Elliott is uh gets some criticism because he's been surpassed by Pollard but you're still talking about you know when you're when your second back has run for 716 yards 4.2 average nine touchdowns and that's your second best running back because Pollard's at 894 5.7 yards a carry and nine touchdowns yeah I mean I think Winger just and again he's a sound player uh he plays the run well, and, and he has just been outstanding. Look, you don't beat the Ravens without him, and he certainly was a part of getting the momentum back from the Titans after they opened up the game last Sunday with, uh, with a great start. Trayvon Walker sort of got it all going with the strip sack of Tannehill, but that interception that, that Wingard had was a huge play in that game. So uh, you'd, you'd love to have him. I'd love to see that look. Uh, I think it helps negate some of the uh, deficiencies that the secondary has.
1: Meanwhile, only two players officially listed on the injury report for the Dallas Cowboys, that being the rookie tight end Jake Ferguson out with a concussion, and then defensive end Dorrance Armstrong, limited throughout the week with an ankle injury. He's officially listed as questionable. But the other name that you don't see on there, Hayes, is Terrence Steele, the right tackle for the Dallas Cowboys, who tore his ACL one week ago. And so he obviously will not play in this game. It'll be curious to see with Tyron Smith, the perennial pro bowler and all pro, coming back for the first time since his injury suffered in August, whether or not he will be as effective and at an elite level as he was last year at the left tackle spot. And then, of course, the ageless wonder, the one, the only, Jason Peters, moving over to right tackle for the first time since
2: 2005. Yeah, and again, this is one of those matchups that I think is a concern. I think uh, you worry the Jaguar pass rush hasn't been great this year. It it was sensational last week, but as you mentioned, Tennessee has just a woeful offensive line, and so uh, that's not going to be the case today, so if Dak Prescott has time, Uh, That that is a concern. And uh, again, it's it's a big reason why, you know, the Vegas boys and girls have the Cowboys as the favorite here. Uh, So I think that is a a gigantic issue today for the Jaguars. Are they able to affect Dak Prescott at all? Uh, Because if if they if they don't, it is I just think you're looking at Dallas scoring in the mid 30s.
1: That is the fair and injury report. And now it is time for our keys to the game.
0: Now the keys to the game. Brought to you by Instant Keys, fast, professional, honest locksmith service.
1: I do want to go back to the injury report a little bit for my first key to the game, Hayes, which is Dorrance Armstrong is obviously not a name you know a whole lot about when you think of the Cowboys and their pass rush, but I do think that they are, as much as Micah Parsons is is the headliner, you hear about Demarcus Lawrence as well, they are definitely one of the deeper pass rush defensive line units that we've seen, and so Therefore, in terms of pass rush, anytime one of those guys goes down, that affects the hole. And I think the same can be said for the run game, which has been susceptible, as we've talked about. And, of course, our head coach, Dave Campo, who's going to join us in a little bit, he told me that throughout the course of the week. And so I think he verbatim said to me, and I'm sure he'll say it again, losing Armstrong if he can't go is a bigger loss than people realize. And so that is where, while I agree with you and Frank, and maybe you know, the Jaguars aren't going to change their identity to go against the Cowboys, they are still going to be a pass-first offense – I do think if you can run the ball, if you do find a soft spot in that defensive front, you're going to have to keep hitting it time after time after time because not only is this about exploiting a weakness for Dallas, but it's also about controlling the clock, which if you look at the Jaguars' five victories, time of possession was critical in each of them.
2: I think it's an excellent point. To me, it's, it's what this game should be. I understand that the nature of the program is going to be pass first, but Travis Etienne is ready for this, and, and again, it absolutely is the weak spot of Dallas' defense. Just run Etienne, I, and I get it. Trevor Lawrence is playing great, and I'm not trying to suggest that he isn't or that you know they need to protect him. No, It's not about that. It's just about Dallas just doesn't match up well stopping the run, and you've got a player in Etienne that I think is deserving of a chance to say, look, we're going to put a lot of this game – on your back, you know, go help us win this you know, contest. And so I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what Doug Peterson's approach is. I absolutely would go into this game uh, trying to get Travis CT in around 20 to 25 touches if that's what it requires. They've done a good job of protecting him. He's, like, tied for 15th in the league in carries. So you're not talking about, you know, that you've worn out this kid and, and now you really need to conserve him. I mean, you've paced him well. You've paced him so that – when you get to this time of year, if you need him to go 25 times on the ground, he should be able to give you that. And, and, and so I, I think that is, to me, it's, uh, it's a monumental point today. The Jaguars have got to run the ball. And, again, I go back to Doug Peterson. I think he's pretty transparent, and, and he laid it out early in the week. This needs to be 120, 130 yards on the ground. So I, I think he is going to allow it the room to breathe to have that kind of a game. And uh, I, I think it's absolutely critical because I do worry about Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor holding up against the Dallas pass rush. It's nothing against them, but you are talking about a defense that's first in the NFL in sack percentage at eleven point seven percent. They've got forty-eight sacks on the year. Uh, it's just something they do extraordinarily well, and you know it's just it's going to be a challenge if you are going to ask Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor to pass protect for forty-five snaps today.
1: And maybe that run game comes courtesy of Travis Etienne. But maybe we see the Jamal Agnew, the Christian Kirk wrinkles. Maybe we see Jamichael Hastie uh, show up for the first time since that Ravens win three weeks ago today. On the other side of the ball, I couldn't agree with Frank Frangie more Hayes. I think that Dalton Schultz has the ability to be a game breaker in this game. The Jaguars defense has struggled against some tight ends, uh, in particular the guy uh, by the name of Travis Kelsey. At the same time, they were able to shut down guys like Mark Andrews. And so it'll be very curious to see which defense shows up when it comes to covering the tight end i do think if chad muma is able to go for the first time since the loss to detroit uh he has been suffering through that ankle injury well i think that that will help the run game Will he be able to stop and cover Dalton Schultz in pass coverage? And if it's not him and it's Foye Aluakon, well, now you leave open, you know, a whole nother window of things that need to be addressed if Foye has to be specifically marking Dalton Schultz.
2: Yeah, I think covering Dallas's backs and tight ends today is is going to be a monumental challenge for the linebackers and safeties. Uh, and and again, it goes you start with that linebacker spot of. You know, Chad Muma versus Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd got pretty good marks last week, played the whole game, which is a good sign with Muma inactive. But I think you're right. I think you'd, you'd rather see Muma back in that role and Lloyd more of a, of a situational guy today. And there will be a lot of pressure. I mean, you know, Schultz, 430 yards on the year, three touchdowns. You know, Pollard's just shy of 300 yards, uh, 9.6 yard average per reception, which is just ridiculous. Uh, so, uh, I think a, a big, big challenge for the Jaguar linebackers and safeties, uh, you know, trying to contain and, and make open field tackles and, uh, you know, and, and just not allow Dallas to get a bunch of high completion throws where they're getting a bunch of yards after contact, yards after catch.
1: Those are your keys to the game brought to you by Instant Keys. If you are just making your way down to the bank for today's Jaguars-Cowboys game, let uh, we will forewarn you that uh, you may not want to stand in the shade. I know we don't usually say that around these parts in Jacksonville when you're headed to a Jaguars game. Usually we're seeking the shade. A uh, little chilly little in the chilly. shade. A little chilly, although I just saw some Cowboys fans walk by, and they are very much in short sleeves, uh, shirts. So, uh, so, hey, listen, whatever floats your boat. In the sun, though, it is an absolutely gorgeous day for Jaguars football down here at Tailgaters Parking and Growlers Bar and Grill. So make sure you stop on by, say hi, and, oh, get ready, because we are about to say hello to the man, the myth, the legend himself, Dave Campo on the other side of this timeout. You are listening to 1010XL 92.5 FM, the home of the Jaguars.
0: Live from Tailgaters Parking, this is the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL.
2: is going back to you guys' hair metal Fridays. I right know. I feel little, like we're
1: listening to a big hair heavy metal little, Friday on XL Friday. 18 in life. All right. 18 in life. Interesting. That's our latest riddler, riddle from the Riddler back at 1010XL World Headquarters, that being producer Casey Dobson all right I mean it
2: feels like it's been 18 years since the Jaguars beat a team from the NFC I don't know yeah that that
1: 2018 2018 (laughs) I would say it feels like it's 18 degrees out but I promise you it's not if you're just making your way downtown to TIA Bank Field and Tailgaters Parking and Growler Bar and Grill which is of course where we are bringing you the Wingstop Kickoff Show it's not 18 degrees unless you're in the shade but hey there's lots of sunshine to go around so make sure you come on out of course support your hometown Jaguars and say hi to Hayes and myself and Graham Marsh now we say hello to a very very special guest
0: now let's go behind enemy lines behind enemy lines brought to you by Palo Windows and Doors on 1010XL
1: I wouldn't classify this guy as an enemy by any stretch of the imagination because he says he's a Jags fan for life now although he did coach uh, the Dallas Cowboys for almost a decade if not more coach Dave Campo joining us on the fair and fair of phone line coach Campo how are we feeling this morning the morning of the Campo Super Bowl between the Jaguars and the Cowboys the first meeting since 2018.
6: Well first of all let me just Thank you guys for letting me come on because uh, some people do classify me as the enemy, but it's the Cowboys because I'm now a Jags fan and I'm looking forward to the ball game. I think it's going to be a tough ball game, but uh, here's how I look at it. The Cowboys are scoring 27 points a game, okay? We're giving up 22 points a game. We're scoring 22 points a game, and they're giving up 17. So all we have to do is score our average and hold them to five points left. That we're going to overtime.
2: Love it, Coach. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. And I'm curious, we, we we'll talk to you about the the specifics of the game, but we don't usually get to ask you questions like this when it when it's game day from the head coaching seat. What are things that you focus on, you know, in the, in the Sunday morning, three hours before kick? Is there anything that Doug Peterson or Mike McCarthy are, are doing right now that, that will have any uh, impact on the game, in your opinion?
6: Well, you know, everybody's a little different, and, and it's been a while, you know, since I've been in the NFL, so I'm not sure exactly how their morning of the game goes, but we always had uh, meetings uh, just prior to pregame meal. So we would get about a half an hour with defense uh, and the offense would get with the offense. And you just go over last minute details of what it takes to win uh, the football game. And we always showed a little highlight film or something to get the guys a little jacked up. Uh, We might show a bunch of animals chasing other animals and, you know, running them down and eating them. But, you know, something to get the defense going, uh, just a little bit of juice. and. But the majority of it is just get them up and we got them up and and ready to go as early as possible so that when it got to game time, they were ready to roll.
1: So while Coach Campo now resides in beautiful Jacksonville, he obviously still has quite a few uh, sources, let's say, out there at the Star in Dallas, Fort Worth area in Frisco. So Coach Campo, let's keep it Plain and simple, what are you hearing from your friends out in uh, the great state of Texas this week with regards to this Jaguars-Cowboys matchup?
6: Well, first of all, they think they're pretty good. You know, obviously, they feel like, and and I agree with them from the standpoint of watching them, you know, they have the ingredients to make a Super Bowl run. However, uh, you know, they kind of got spooked a little bit last week with that that Houston uh, situation, and... You know, you can tell from the line, uh, the betting line, that people uh, have a, a feeling that this could be one that that would be a really tough one, and the Jaguars have the the reputation of having a couple stinkers during the year, which has kept them from going to Super Super Bowl since you know when I was back there in Super Bowl Thirty back in '95. So. Uh, I think there's a little bit of concern. I think they're good, though. I think they feel like they match up real well with us, which I agree. Uh, But, uh, you know, they're going to come in here with a little bit of, you know, not so sure. And the one thing I'm banking on is the last time they came in here uh, and actually played in, in, uh, in Jaguar Stadium was in 2006, and we whipped their butt. I was here. So I'm looking forward to that repeat. (laughs)
2: <laughs> absolutely dave how would you defend trevor lawrence if you were the cowboys
6: i think they'll i think they'll approach it with uh you know don't let them get the running game going which you know they're going to be a little bit short they're losing Hankins, you know the big inside nose tackle uh and so they're going to try to get that situation to where they force him to throw all the time and and they'll they'll probably uh, move Digs around a little bit and put him on on some of our guys, you know, that they feel are, is important. But, you know, they're a combination of man zone team, and they'll just try to confuse them a little bit. Uh, I think their weakness, uh, uh, Hayes, is in their back end. You know, if they have one, stay away from Diggs and go after the other people. But the one thing you don't want to get into is third long with this team because uh, you know they have pass rushers, and uh, you know, they could be in trouble. The Jags could be in trouble if they get too many of those situations.
1: Coach Dave Campo joining us behind enemy lines on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. On the other side of the ball, Coach Campo, in terms of the Jaguars' defense, is it just a matter of five flashes in the pan because of the turnover margin that have led to their five victories this year, or is there a path for this defense to show up big time here today and, you know, take on a very heralded Cowboys offense?
6: Yeah, this is going to be a tough game for them, Mayor, because, uh, you, know, you know, you've heard me enough say that the NFL is about matchups, and, you know, the matchup with the Cowboys is not great on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they've struggled a little bit at times against the run, although when they've been able to, been able to load up against the run, They've been very effective. For example, the the uh, Ravens and and last week, you know, with the Titans. However, uh, the one thing that they have not done well was when they went to Detroit. You know, where where they have a really uh, good receiver core. The Cowboys are not quite that good, but they do have some firepower. And you know, I think we're going to have to have some turnovers. And you know, this defense is capable of doing that. Uh, And I do believe the turnovers will benefit. Turnovers have been a big factor in us winning the games we have won.
2: Dave, does this strike you as a game where Doug Peterson might try to steal a possession with some sort of surprise onside kick or fake a punt or uh, maybe a a gadget play on offense? Does does this game strike you? Is that something that if you were Dallas, you'd be a little bit more on guard for?
6: Well, I think you're definitely going to have to be aggressive in the football game. Uh, you know, when Jimmy uh, had a great saying, Jimmy Johnson, when, when I was with him, you know, he, whenever we went into a big ball game, he, he would say something like, you know, when you face a gorilla, you don't back off, you hit him in the mouth. And, and that's really what uh, they have to do. And, and what that means is, you know, you're going to take some chances. You're going you're gonna to have to pressure them a little bit. Uh, and, you know, obviously our weakness is in our cover people. So that puts a little pressure on them uh, and they'll, they'll you know, but they're going to be aggressive in my mind and I think they have to be to win the football game. So, you know, anything onside kick going for fourth down, uh, you know, running when they think you're throwing, you know, throwing when you think they're running, those kind of things have to happen.
1: A couple more for Coach Dave Campo on the Fair and Fair of Phone Line. Coach Campo, I asked Frank Frangie the question who could be the X Factor, the game changer for the Cowboys. He said Dalton Schultz, the tight end. I'm curious for you, offensive or defensive side of the ball, who could change the game for Dallas today?
6: You know, I, I like Schultz, but I personally I think the guy that's the most dangerous of of everybody is Pollard. Because Pollard is so the running back is so versatile. You know, and they they, uh, rotate with he and uh, Zeke Elliott, two different backs. You know, Pollard has a home run ability, not only in the run game, but in the pass game. And, you know, our linebackers have struggled a little bit this year, and especially if we have to go man-to-man. You know, obviously I think they're going to put Campbell probably on C.D. Lamb. uh, But Pollard out of the backfield really concerns me because he does run good routes. He's got speed. Uh, and you have to really, uh, you know, take into account his ability to run after catch.
2: Dave, what do you think we're going to see out of Travis Etienne today?
6: Well, first of all, the way you attack this this uh, team in the running game, in my opinion, is you don't go too much lateral. You know, and that affects uh, Etienne a little bit because you know that's his game his speed. Uh, but at the same time. He hits the hole so aggressively. The one thing the Cowboys do is they they don't read the run and then a, and then rush the passer. Hey, they rush the passer and play the run off of that, which creates seams in the defense. And if you scheme them and run some traps and some things where you're pulling the guards and you know kicking people out and creating seams, uh, ETN hits the hole as fast as anybody in the league. So I think they're going to have to do that, and, and I really think they can run the ball a little bit because of that as long as they don't get too many tackles for loss. And that's, you know, that's they've got to do a job up front and create some creases. You know, they're, they're 21st in the league against the run on defense. So uh, I think there's some some opportunity there to try to keep themselves out of third and low.
1: All right, Coach Campo, before we let you go, let's take a trip back down memory lane Send some good vibes into the universe uh, here in Duval County. Take us back to that 2006 Jaguars win over the Dallas Cowboys. Well, for me, there was some, uh,
6: some different uh, situations Bob because, you know, Parcells replaced me as the head coach of, of the Cowboys. So when he came in here, it was my second opportunity to go after him, and we went after him, and we, and we won the football game you know listen anything can happen in the nfl you know that it doesn't matter who's playing it just depends on how well you play that day and you know in my mind i feel like it's going to be a close game and if it's a close game in the fourth quarter you know anything can
3: happen
2: dave what do you think uh get your opinion on another game that we're going to have to monitor right after uh the jaguar game ends uh Tennessee and the Los Angeles Chargers. What are a couple things you're you're going to be watching in that game, and how do you think that game will go?
6: Well, I think the Chargers have some firepower,
2: you know, which puts
6: the pressure on the Titans for sure. Uh, I think they're a good football team. The problem you have is that's the kind of game that Tennessee wins when their backs against the wall, and you don't think they're going to win. They have a tendency to win. I don't think the Titans are that are a, are a really great football team. I think they're they're a you know a good football team uh, that things have to go well for them. I, I like the Chargers in the game, but you know again I'm a little bit concerned the way the Titans uh, uh, have a, a tendency to win those kind of games. But they do have to go out to the West Coast, which is not an easy thing. So I'm I'm counting on the Chargers winning that game.
1: We'll be monitoring that game. That one comes up later on this afternoon after the one o'clock window, which features the Jaguars and the Cowboys. Final question, Coach Campo. Can we get your score prediction for the Jags and the Cowboys?
6: Uh, you guys are gonna be mad at me, but I'm gonna say the Cowboys twenty seven and the Jags twenty two. I think they're right. gonna have a hard time. I think they're gonna have a hard time controlling that that often the point.
1: Hey, listen, as Hayes said, there's only five teams in the NFL that have already reached double-digit figures in the win column. So there's a reason that they have 10 wins on the season. We'll see if the Jaguars can stop them from getting their 11th. Coach Dave Campo, appreciate you as always, Coach. Can't wait to see you in the press box and, of course, on the fifth quarter right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Thanks for calling in.
6: You got it, guys. Thanks a lot for having me, and I'll see you in the press box, Mia.
1: And Hey. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate him. Dave Campo, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and then an assistant coach here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You get him every Tuesday and Thursday on XL Primetime right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM brought to you by Beaver Chevrolet. So, Hayes, we have our weekly segment with Brackish coming up. Something tells me I already know mm-hmm. what fabulous drink we'll be making with the folks from Growler Bar and Grill.
2: I think we've kind of figured something out here. We
1: may have. We yeah. got it. We got to see though, because we got We got to keep it going. Big gotta test r- today. Ride the streak. Today yeah. is a big test between the Jags and the Cowboys. We'll see if the Duval Donkey can keep the positive vibes flowing. You are listening to 1010 XL, ninety-two point five FM. It is the Wingstop Kickoff Show, brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation.
0: The Wingstop Kickoff Show, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors, on 1010XL. One step at a time, one punch at a time,
6: one round at a time. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. Sit right let's go. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. Sit right here.
7: The whole world is going to be watching
1: this Let's go. The Rocky and the Creed worked for us last week when the Jaguars faced the Titans, and we played that riddle from the Riddler Casey Dobson on the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Will it work this week? Well, you know what also has worked in previous weeks? Making the Duval donkey with our friends from Brackish. And Growler Bar and Grill. So, oh, what, yeah. are we, what are we making today, Chad? We
7: are making the Duval Donkey. We're keeping the streak alive today. All right. You I don't agree. mess with the streak. We're going with doubles because we want to doubly win this game. I love it. All right, yeah, I so love it. I was
1: going to ask you, as much as you know, we got to stick with the Duval Donkey because that is what has led to three of their five, of the Jaguars' five victories oh, yeah. this year. At is home. when we have made this drink, folks, here at Growler Bar and Grill and Tailgaters Parking. Is there a warm weather version of this, or we're, we got to keep with tradition? Take
7: a shot of. Brackish vodka, right off the bottom. you get warm <laughs> like that.
1: Okay, there we go. It's going to warm us up anyway. Oh so. yeah. All right. So for the folks who may be listening for the first time, what exactly goes into a Duval Donkey?
7: So what we're going to do is two ounces today of brackish vodka. All right. We're going to do two big for each one of you guys. All That's right. just beautiful. Isn't it though?
2: Beautiful. And
7: then we're going to add some lime juice, right here, freshly squeezed. We lime need juice.
1: all two ounces, by the way, and yeah. the lime oh, because. Yeah. Uh, those ice cubes, I'm just looking at them. It's, it's making me cold, but then I also see that sunshine over there, and I'm like, okay, I could feel this. It is a sunny day. It's oh, a great yeah. drink on a sunny day.
7: But it's all about the streak. That's all. We're all, That's we're, right. we're keeping the streak alive with this drink. Yes. Today is going to be the one. So
1: we got the ginger beer. We got the brackish vodka. We got some lime. lime. It's that simple.
7: Oh, yeah, it's that simple all day. Here we go. Here it is. Perfect. It is.
1: I do love these cups as well, the nice little plastic brackish cups. And uh, it doesn't feel too cold. I love it. It's that.
7: nice, right?
1: It's very refreshing. Insulated,
7: almost. I know. Hey, Thank li- you, sir. listen,
1: like Chad, like we were joking off before we started this show. Uh, considering up in Buffalo, they didn't have shirts on in twenty degree weather last night. We That's will take our brackish vodka on a sunny day. Look at this man go! Woo! He shows Bring up. Bring it, Dallas. Hayes <laughs> <laughs> Carlisle shows up in short sleeve shirt, and now he's downing his brackish vodka. Awesome. and his, Well uh, done. His Duval donkey. Well done. Remind us again, where can folks get some brackish vodka?
7: Uh, Total Wine, Golden Ox, and Shore Liquors. Our, and, of course, right here at the Growler Barn Grill.
1: Our thanks to, of course, the good folks over at Brackish uh, for always making this segment possible and for uh, coaching us through and getting us and the Duval donkey on the air and hopefully ready for a Jaguars victory. Oh, yeah,
2: bringing home the win today. Let's do it.
1: Awesome. Appreciate it, Chad. One more segment to go on the Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. We will head into the Jaguars locker room and a whole lot more. You are listening to 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
0: Getting game day underway live from Tailgaters Parking. The Wingstop Kickoff Show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL.
1: You got that one, Hayes. The last riddle of the Wingstop kickoff show, brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation, courtesy of the Riddler, Casey Dobson. We got we got that reference.
2: I think the I think the Riddler's got us this time, yeah. Is that I, Mission
1: Impossible?
2: I, I don't know no. that. I don't know that there's there's uh, there's anything in here in the Batcave that uh, that's helping us solve this one. So, uh, Casey, please enlighten us because we have definitely been puzzled. All right. Today.
4: I am super excited. This, you guys don't understand. I really enjoy putting stuff like this together. So there was a few things that I wanted to take into this game because I feel like we are just all so hyped. So the first three songs, okay, was titled Six by All That Remains. The next one was Seven by Dave Matthews Band. And then 18 and we'll say To Life by Skid Row. Do you know what those numbers are? Mean. Well, the
1: eight, the eight team we thought was 2018 the last time a Jaguars team beat an NFC opponent.
4: No, so oh. six, seven, eighteen are the scores that we beat those Dallas Cowboys by. We've only won three, and those are the scores that we won by. Wow, interesting,
1: okay. nicely done. Okay, yeah. I like that. And I believe it's a four and three all time record uh in favor of the Cowboys between the Jags and the Cowboys four and Dallas, and three. correct? Yep. And
4: this will be their third visit to Jacksonville, only third. And uh, that clip that we just played right there was from the show in its final episode of Dallas. Mm. And uh, we're going to end the episode of them beating us
1: today. Well, we're going to keep the win streak going in terms of the Cowboys losing, or excuse me, the Jaguars winning and beating the Cowboys in Duval County because they have only play, uh, visited here once since 2000 and uh, that was in 2006 and the jaguars as coach campo reminded us got the victory that day we're going to keep that flowing today isn't that right casey dobson
4: yes ma'am so in response to this being their third visit to jacksonville i will take caller number three for a gift certificate for a tailgate wing fest from Wingstop to be used at any duval location 641-1010 caller number three
1: That was a seamless transition if I've ever heard one. What a guy. What a guy. And, of course, those Wingstop locations all over Jacksonville. And our thanks to our good buddy Justin over at Wingstop for powering the kickoff show here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Well, Hayes and Casey, I will tell you this, went to the Jaguars locker room this week, did a bunch of interviews. You can catch those on the 1010XL YouTube channel. And I said to a couple folks in PR, I was like, who would be a good kickoff show interview for this week who's a guy that maybe we haven't heard from a lot we should be hearing from for this matchup in particular and they said knowing full well that while Michael Parsons is everywhere he's here he's there he's everywhere Jawan Taylor will have to be really locked in on not only Parsons but to potentially Demarcus Lawrence as well I had the opportunity to catch up with the Jaguars fourth year offensive tackle earlier this week we we're pleased to be joined by Jaguars right tackle, Jawan Taylor. Jawan, happy almost Christmas. How are the vibes here in Jaguar land?
3: Uh, the vibes are amazing. You know, coming off a week, from, uh, a win from last week, you know, it's amazing. And, uh, we know, he's just getting ready to go for this week, just getting prepared and getting prepped for another great team.
1: I very much enjoyed your mic'd up segment with Jaguars.com. Uh, what What is your evaluation of your, uh, your mic'd up?
3: Uh, I think it came out very, very well. Um, you know, I bought a lot of energy, had a lot of fun. So uh, it's always exciting to be mic'd up.
1: Did your mom and your grandma enjoy it?
3: Oh yeah, you know they did. They uh, they called me and told me about it and how much they loved it. And uh, all my family and everyone back home loved it. So it was fun.
1: Absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, your family, your family here within the Jaguars. For you, as you look now, thirteen games into the season, how would you evaluate your performance and this team's performance?
3: Uh, I think the performance has been really well so far. I mean, you know, we're not where we want to be at yet, but we. Just trying to be more consistent with our play and you know, just be, be consistent week in and week out and just try to put together wins every week.
1: You're part of a small group of guys here that can compare you know to the 2021, 2020, and 2019 season. What makes this locker room different than those previous ones?
3: Um, just the brotherhood here, you know, the bond that we all built since OTAs. And uh, Coach Peterson's been doing a phenomenal job with us. And uh, you know, we all just come together every week and just come work. You know, uh, nobody's bigger than e- each other, everybody just comes and you know, just give it their all for each other. So uh, you know, everybody, everybody here loves one another. We're we just willing to fight for each other every day.
1: I know most of the guys in the offensive line room, a lot of them, I should say, are from previous years. Um, mm-hmm. What's different, though, about this year's O line group? Give me an O line mm-hmm. meeting compared to years past. What's one like this year?
3: Um, just fun. You know, at the end of the day, we're, we're getting our work done, but, it, you know, we still having fun at the end of the day because it's football, you know, and uh, we, got, we come in every day and we just do what we love to do. So, uh, you know, we bring a lot of energy in the O line room and, you know, we, we get our job done and we just have fun in the meeting while doing it.
1: Tough assignment this weekend. That's part of why I think uh, our good friends in PR were hoping I'd get to talk to you mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Uh, Michael Parsons, when okay. I say that name, what's your reaction?
3: Uh, phenomenal. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's very dynamic in uh, what he does and his craft. And, you know, uh, for him to be so young, he has such a bright future ahead of him in this league. He's going to be a, a great talent in this league for a long time. So, you know, we got our hands full. Every team has their hands full every week he comes into town. So, you know, we has got to be ready to go for him.
1: A lot of people reference him whenever they think of this Cowboys defense. Who are some of the other names that maybe you guys are going to be keyed in on and that folks should be paying attention to?
3: Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Dante Fowler, Trayvon Diggs. Uh, you know, they're all, they're all really good pe- players. And uh, they're definitely, you know, keys, key players on that defense. And we got to be ready to go for all of them.
1: For you personally, what have you proved this year?
3: I feel like I, I've proven that, uh, you know, I, I've definitely gotten better in the offseason. And, uh, you know, I'm not where I want to be at yet. But just trying to improve every week and, you know, just keep my quarterback upright and do my job.
1: Will you be watching the Gators this weekend in the Las Vegas Bowl?
3: Uh, most definitely. You know, I'm a rider die, to, uh, gator to the day I die. So, uh, yeah, i definitely be tuned in watching it.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Juwan. Best hey, of luck this thank week. Thank you. Thank you. In hindsight, maybe we didn't want to end with that question uh, (laughs) after the Gators getting thumped, uh, to say the least, against Oregon State yesterday in Las Vegas. But uh, thanks again to Juwan for taking the time earlier this week in the Jaguars locker room. And he brought up another name that we have not even addressed on the Wingstop kickoff show, Hayes. Dante Fowler playing for the Dallas Cowboys. That's one name that I know a lot of folks said during the week in jest, of course, but it's true. You can't let that guy get into the backfield at TIA Bankfield solely because of pride purposes.
2: Yeah, great interview with Juwan Mia, and, uh, and I'll say this for Dante, he, he's a threat in this regard. He's not their guy, he's a rotational player, but he's a violent hitter. Uh, we saw it here, I mean, we saw it in the playoffs, he, he knocked Tyrod Taylor out of a game here. Uh, you do not want Dante Fowler getting around Trevor Lawrence today. And uh, so, hopefully, Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson will have outstanding days. Uh, and and again, for Jawan Taylor, this is a huge game financially for Jawan Taylor. If you put together a phenomenal sixty-five snaps today, that's going to be worth millions. And uh, and so, it's uh, he was, he was the perfect player to talk to because probably stands to gain the most mm-hmm. uh, if he plays well today, and and vice versa if if it doesn't go well. Um, it's going to be really uh, a really exciting challenge uh, for for those tackles. And again, Dante Fowler is, uh, if, as we learned, if he's the guy you're counting on, you're going to be in trouble. But if he's if he's a guy that is uh, rotational, it's a pretty good player. And uh, and again, you do not want him get near Trevor Lawrence because he is violent at the point of attack and uh, when he gets to the quarterback. So hopefully, Trevor will have time. I think Doug Peterson will will do a good job scheming it up. I think the offense is going to play well. I just have a lot of reservations about the Jaguar defense in this matchup today.
1: Couldn't agree more. I do think Trevor Lawrence is going to have to get the ball out as quickly as he did against the Colts week two. I think that's going to be another key to the game that we missed in our instant uh, keys to the game brought to you by instant keys. So I think that's going to be really crucial. But, Hayes, we've talked a lot about Micah Parsons. I've heard some people say that perhaps Cam Robinson will see more snaps against him. The Jaguars seem to think it will be Jawan Taylor. At the same time, he is the ultimate chess piece. He could line up at inside linebacker and come straight up the middle right into Luke Fordner's face. My question for you is where do you think they will use him most?
2: Boy, that's out that's an outstanding question. I you know, I would I would think it's going to be 60% on Jawan, 30% on Cam and 10% like you're saying floating and kind of finding the matchup. Um, you know, I I think Dallas is probably going to feel like they that's a matchup they're going to win no matter where they have him. Uh I mean he's I'm looking forward to watching him. You know, we we only get to see these guys once every 4 years. So Michael Parsons is still a young player. I've never seen him play in person. You know, I'm really looking forward to it. I've obviously seen him on you know, primetime games and things like that, but it's different when you get a chance to really see a guy in person. Uh, and, and so you know, I'm hoping it'll be a fairly quiet day for him, but I am intrigued because obviously he's just had such an extraordinary start to his career, and he's he's a key piece today. The Jaguars don't have anything to counter that, uh, you know, in terms of their defense. You know, I mean, they they just don't. I mean, he's he's head and shoulders the best defensive player in this game, and uh, hopefully, you know, to press Taylor's point, hopefully he's um, not wrecking the game plan, you know, as we get into this game today, but. Uh, Big challenge for the Jaguars. And, again, that's why I think running ETN is so important. If you want to take away their pass rush, just run it right at them and gut them.
1: And I think run Trevor Lawrence as well. I think that's, that's something that folks were clamoring for for weeks, and it looks like they finally have found this right balance between passing and running number 16 for the Jaguars. What I am curious as well before we make our final game predictions, Hayes, Offensive line for the Jags. We noted the stat earlier. They lead the NFL with six games without allowing a sack. We talked about Juwan Taylor. We talked about Cam Robinson. Uh, During the week on my show on XL Primetime, Matt Hayes is constantly questioning, is Brandon Scherf actually playing at an all-pro level? In my conversations with people at TIA Bankfield, it sounds like, similar to Foye Aluacon. we don't really realize how much Scherf responsibility wise is taking on and working with a rookie center in Luke Fortner working right next to Juwan Taylor a guy who is in a prove it year and so I'm curious your assessment of Tyler Shatley Luke Fortner and then Brandon Scherf and that interior of the offensive line because they're going to be just as important for the Jags
2: absolutely Shatley's been incredible I mean well above expectation I mean Shatley is uh really done a great job filling in for Ben Barge Fortner I think has been phenomenal I mean, how often have we said the name Brandon Linder over the last four months? Yep. Never. Uh, And Linder was a good player. Not, you know, outstanding, but a good player. Uh, Fortner has been durable. He's an iron man. He's been out, I think, for every single offensive snap this season. I think it's Fortner and Aluakan are the only two Jaguars that have yet to miss a snap on their respective sides of the ball. That's unbelievable for a rookie. We talk about Devin Lloyd hitting the rookie wall. Luke Fortner hasn't hit any wall. I, I mean, he has been incredible week in and week out, holds up physically, smart mental player, and uh, Brandon Sheriff I think has been good. You know, I think, he's been, I think he's been good. And so I, I think the interior has done a good job, and uh, I think the Jaguars coaching staff deserves credit for that. Uh, I've got, I think the offense is ready today. The offense is going to do enough to upset the Cowboys. I just fear that the defense is not going to be able to take advantage of enough opportunities to win the game that's my concern today to me this is all about can the Jaguar defense hold Dallas to 27 if you can hold Dallas to 27 I think the Jaguars have a great chance to win this game with the way Trevor's playing I think ETN plays well with the way the offensive line is, is playing the receivers I just don't know that the I just don't know the Jaguars are capable of doing that. I think this is a game where Dallas is probably going to be in the 30s.
1: I'll get your score prediction coming up in just a second. Let's head back to 1010XL headquarters and get the eternal optimist Casey Dobson score prediction for the Jaguars and the Cowboys. Riddler, how are we feeling?
4: So, Hayes, you just swayed me. First I wrote down on this piece of paper 28-24 Jags. Now I'm thinking, you know what, we add all those scores up that we've won by Make it 31-27. What do you think? I
2: love it. I love it. I I would love nothing more than the Jaguars to win this game and for the fan base to be able to walk out of this stadium at 415 on cloud nine. It would be fantastic. The pressure it would put on Tennessee I think would be spectacular. I hope it happens. Uh, So, Casey, great pick. I hope you're right.
1: We already got word from Mike DiRocco of ESPN, who you get on Thursdays on Jaguars today, that across the other side of the stadium, the Cowboy fans have arrived in, yes. in, in full, full efforts.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen it like this at tailgaters. But it's great. It's, I mean, I, there's way more Jaguars here that I can see than Cowboys. But it is packed. And I think this is this is an intense game. Uh, you're going to feel it today. Uh, we have a short drive over, uh, but yeah, it's, it's apparently unlike most 1 o'clock kickoffs here, uh, and I think it's going to be unlike most games we've seen, and, uh, and hopefully this is just the start. If Trevor Lawrence is a nuclear weapon, this will become the norm here. We've never had this. We've never had a quarterback that is one of the best players in professional sports, which is what he might be. You know, if he is on the level of Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, if you do that in the NFL with the popularity, and this is, this is our only team, this will be appointment viewing. This is a sports event town. Trevor Lawrence playing a football game will be a sporting massive event every time it happens, and I think you're starting to feel that now. Uh, you, I mean, I don't, we've never had vibes like this, I wouldn't say, at 9.51 on a Sunday. It, this is a... Big-time NFL game today in Jacksonville, Florida.
1: We've got the A-team from Fox here doing the television broadcast. The NFL Network has a presence here. Graham Marsh, are you feeling the vibes?
2: Oh, I'm feeling the vibes big time. I've been feeling the vibes all week. Ever this guy's since Mr. Vibe. Are you picking oh, the Jags, uh, absolutely. though? As am we
1: have one minute left, I'm curious. Are am you picking I, the Jags? Am
2: I picking the Jaguars? Yes. I like 35-32 <gasps> wow. Jaguars. High scoring shootout. Trevor Lawrence gets it done yet again.
1: Wow. And Hayes? What say you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I think Dallas gets it done. I just think they're more built on both sides. And uh, I think Trevor will play really well. I think, again, offensively the Jaguars will do a lot of great things. But at the end, I just don't think the defense gets enough stops. I've got Dallas 37, Jaguars 31.
1: I'm in the same boat as you. I say Cowboys 30, Jaguars 27. However, I will leave you with this. If the Jaguars lose today, they will win win on Thursday, on Thursday Night Football on Amazon against Zach Wilson and the New York Football team. You know,
2: Jets. the Jaguars are undefeated on Amazon Prime.
1: Let so the record show. Do
2: not forget that as we go into Operation Two Wins in Five Just Days. That's a fantastic point. Get, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Get one today, get another one on Thursday night, two wins in five days, and put all the pressure on the Tennessee Titans who want no part of coming into this building in week 18, having to win the game to win the AFC South.
1: Our thanks to producer Casey Dobson. Our thanks to everyone back at 1010XL headquarters. For engineer extraordinaire Graham Marsh, for Hayes Carline, I am Mia O'Brien. The public's tailgate show with J.P. Sexton, excuse me, J.P. Shadrick, Brian Sexton, Mike Dempsey, and all of their friends comes up next on Jaguars.com as well as right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Until next time, we'll catch you later.